You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, I am back. Minor Talk is here, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Big shout out to the Oscar Arieta Agency. Saw Ignacio today, uh, the marketing manager out there from the Oscar Arieta Agency. They are presenting the Hometown Hero Award. They were actually the presenting sponsors at yesterday's UTEP women's basketball game between the Miners and the Aggies. And the Oscar Arieta Agency can help you out when it comes to your home, your auto, your life insurance, uh, all your insurance needs. Trust the Oscar Arieta Agency and check them out online. OscarIDAtTheAgency.com. And by the way, I just mentioned the Hometown Hero Award. If you know somebody who could be nominated to be the next Hometown Hero for the Oscar ID at the Agency, uh, fill out the nomination form online, OscarIDAtTheAgency.com, and you can find all of that information. Well, it's great to be back. First off, it was great to see people out at the Haskins Center today. Great to be back at the District West earlier today, 3233 North Mesa. Great to see Sal Montes. Great to hang out with Jason Williams. Uh, great to see UTEP Zay. Alberto Reta is in the house as well. We've got a packed group uh, here with us today. Uh, and man, I feel like we were the only ones at the Don Haskins Center today, right guys? I mean, there was absolutely no one there. Miners won 74-69. Uh, I, I mean, I have so many thoughts on this game, and I have so many thoughts on the two games that I missed, the Seattle game and the NMSU game, so I, I don't really even know where to begin. But Sal, uh, thank you so much for holding down the fort, and uh, thank you for uh, all this, the work that you did, Zay did, Alberto did, Michael Plundo did during this past week. Uh, really appreciate all of that. I- I'm just shocked that we're at this point right here, Sal, after the Miners won those two games in the Sun Bowl Invitational, won the championship. I thought they turned a corner, and then they completely yeah. fell flat against Seattle. And then the New Mexico State game, all right, you could chalk it up to a rivalry. Sure, I won't take it that way. I see it what it was. It was a road game for the Miners. It was another uh, you know, game on the road in a heated environment, and they couldn't come through. In fact, they got, you know, call it what it is. They, they lost by double digits in that game, and the Miners are on, what, a 12-game losing streak in the Pan Am Center when they play the Aggies on the road? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not a good thing right there. And this was the year when they were supposed to snap that streak. So, uh, Miners are in a really weird point right now. They they eked out the victory today. Uh, they had 15 lead changes in this game. Nine times this game was tied. It was just back and forth with a team in Chicago State, which is 7-14 and fift- or 14 going into this matchup. And you think to yourself, well, this is a 10-point game for the Miners. They've got to come back. They've got to get right. This is their get-right game. Mix it up with all the rotations, which is what they did throw out a lot of different combinations, which is what they did, and get some scoring from your team, which is what they got. They got some good scoring from their group, but they couldn't play defense. I mean, Chicago State shot, what, uh, nearly 60% throughout the game. They shot 45% from beyond the arc, and they zoned UTEP, so defensively they hung in. They, They created, what, 18 turnovers? They had 27 turnovers of their own. There's no game you're going to win in college basketball at the Division I level if you almost have 30 turnovers, Sal. Uh, So for UTEP, 
you know, if you want to get excited about this one, I, I don't know. I'm just not on that same level right there. I'm I'm at this level right now where I want to see more from this team. I like the fact that David Terrell, Trey Horton shined in this one and you got more minutes from Elijah Jones. But as far as positives, th- that's probably it as far as what you could take away from this matchup right here. Miners eking out a victory. At the nine-minute mark point, they had a lead. They relinquished that lead all the way up until there was 90 seconds left in this one. Uh, David Terrell able to capitalize on a layup off a loose ball turnover. Then Corey Camper able to get a steal and score. Miners were up at that point. I think it was 68-65 and they never looked back after uh, holding on to an early lead. But Sal, that's where we start things off here today and uh, I'm not impressed. That's where I'm at. You know what? I, I wouldn't say I'm not impressed, but I'm not um, I'm not disappointed either. I, I think for me, I, I've kind of seen the ceiling for this team, and I've seen what the floor is, and they've been on the floor a lot more than the ceiling. Um, there's been a lot of games that they haven't looked that impressive, and for them to finally win after what's been a, a very tough stretch, you know that's that's good for you. But in all reality, I. I still can't see this team being, uh, you know, top half of Conference USA. Uh, if we were to put it in fourths, I think they would be in the in that last fourth, so to speak, for for spots in Conference USA. So it's um it's a very Jekyll and Hyde bunch, but I don't know if we're gonna get that that good spot um as often as uh, as we'd hoped. If we're being honest, I agree with you there, Sal. And and by the way, I want to uh, open up the phone lines nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. I assume it will be a light calling. Day, uh, for the people out there here on Minor Talk. But I have a couple segments I want to uh, play out. I want to do another in and out segment, America's, uh, or I should just say Minor Talk listeners' favorite segment, in and out. <laughs> and uh, I want to do a little uh, you know, recap when it comes to UTEP women's basketball, UTEP football recruiting. Uh, but let's kick things off and welcome on one of our featured guests today. He's uh, Jason Williams. He's joined us plenty of times here on the show, friend of the program, good friend of ours. And he joins us today to just talk. Uh, uh, about this UTEP game in itself. Jason hasn't been to too many games in person, but this one he got to see from start to finish, really got to evaluate a lot of things. Uh, Jason, this is not the one to get excited about if you're a minor fan, right? I mean, this is one where there was a lot of frustrations on both sides, both for UTEP and Chicago State. It was a frustrating games on both ends. Yeah, for me, um, first start with the atmosphere, you know. You know, i never seen the atmosphere so quiet and to start the game. You know, and not a lot of people at the games. But um, as far as the game, um, you know, I think UTEP, they they got better on offense tonight. That's been their struggle all year. But the defense took a, a step backwards. You know, that was the biggest point of the game for me, their defense. They gave up too many easy layups. And seemed like every loose ball or touch ball would wind up in Chicago State hand, and they would get opportunities for layups and stuff. Also, what are you seeing on the glass right now? The rebounding is just—I mean, look—if you wanted to just boil it down, you just tell me, hey, Adrian, what are you saying? Uh, obviously, UTEP's not going to be a better rebounding team than their opponents if they're playing pretty much four guards on every you know possession. But I felt like last year they had a lot of smaller lineups as well, and they rebounded a little bit more efficiently than they are right now. In this in this current stretch, what are you seeing on the glass? Um, today, I saw that the guys had to rotate a lot to help because they was driving a lot one on one. They was getting to the paint, so the the goal is you got to help the helper. 
You know, so those guys got to rotate when that big or whoever rotate to help to help that guy. And that's how they was getting a lot of those offensive rebounds off the help the helper situations. When the big went to help, nobody was helping him. Or if it was a guard went to help, nobody helped him. And that's who man kept getting the rebound. I think that's something they can fix once they watch film and practice. But for me, I think that was the biggest reason they didn't get a lot of offensive rebounds. And of course, if you know your big man only get one one rebound is, and it's an offensive rebound, it's going to be a hard game because you're giving up a lot of second-chance points. Let's stick with the big man for a second because the big man on this team, I think a lot of minor fans have criticized guys at different points. They've uh, questioned Kevin Callu throughout his career here at UTEP, whether good or bad. Maybe sometimes people are in and they like his hustle. Sometimes they're just like, what what is he doing there on the floor? And then Calvin Solomon, his minutes are diminishing right now in front of our eyes. He played 14 today, had three shot attempts, but it's not the preseason all-conference USA Calvin Solomon that you're expecting uh, he's just he's not as productive as he was last year not as productive as he was to start off the season what are you seeing from the bigs right now it seems like I'm not saying they've abandoned the bigs but they've ch- changed their philosophy so much that they are going to sell out on going small or or nothing and we saw a little bit more of Elijah Jones today but still not enough yeah um you know I think it's hard to find bigs you know um you know, coach, you know, he has Kalu. Um, for me, you have to give him the opportunities also. You know, he's posting up strong. It's times he's wide open, and they just don't give it to him. You know, and for, for him to get his teammates trust, he has to make those opportunities when they do pass it to him, which he had like two tonight in the second half with three minutes left. They found him, and he missed a layup. So so those things can kind of make your teammates not want to throw it to you. But I think also they need to just try to give it to him sometimes when he got those mismatches because that will open the game up for the guards. And as far as Solomon tonight, I just think he looked a step a little slow to me and uh, not as athletic like everybody else and at the same speed as everybody else on the court. I don't know if he's hurt or if that's just the way he play. You know, I haven't watched many games, but that's that's how it looks to me. Yeah, I, I just don't get it, man, because we've seen so much different from Calvin Solomon over the past years. But either way, um, just really interesting thoughts there. Hey, I'll, let's bring on another member of our broadcast team. It's Uteb Zay, who was also at the game tonight. He was shooting, or today, I should say, he was shooting, and he was also uh, grabbing some interviews at the end of it. Uh, Zay, what did you hear from head coach Joe Golding afterward? Because to the broadcast team, he was uh, very complimentary of the freshman players, and understandably so. I mean, give them their flowers. I'm very impressed with David Terrell. I'm very impressed with uh, what we've seen over the past uh, stretch, or just the past day, I I would say, from Trey Horton. He was the best offensive player in the first half by far for the Miners and gave him a real spark. What did you hear from head coach Joe Golding afterward? What was the mood like? Yeah, you know, Joe, he looked very excited, looked very upbeat, you know, getting a win. And uh, he talked about David Terrell. He got 30 minutes. He did not come off the bench in the second half and he said that's something we want to continue to do we, they want to get David Terrell on the court as well as Dre, Trey Horton and he talked about you know kind of shifting pivoting away from you know the lineups that they had previously he talked about they wanted to get shooters out there spacing and and that forced them to go small that's why you didn't see a lot of Calvin Solomon at times right you didn't see a lot of Elijah Jones and you know <clears throat> obviously today at work they shot very well from three something we haven't seen from this team so I 
no one really asked if you know that's something that they'll plan on doing going forward. But um, I'd expect it. You know, he did say that they're going to take a hit defensively, which we saw as well today when you have guys like Trey Horton on the court. But you know, hey, if that's the risk you're willing to take, well then, might as well. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there, and I like the the point about the lineups if things aren't working Jason I mean maybe it is time to pivot and Sal we've talked about smaller lineups in the past Uh, maybe this is the year where they just really go all in on the smaller lineup approach and we don't see two bigs on the floor at the same time yeah and for a variety of reasons um, bigs have been kind of unreliable in the past whether it be just not being quick enough to get to a spot Um, they're inefficient on offense or um, they turn it over free throw there's there's a lot of things right but I think it with coach Golding his bread and butter we know that it's a defense it's not working out but it's a former guard himself so his, his game is tailored more towards a guard in the first place I think just let the dogs loose man there you go hey our telephone number 915-505-6009 let's pause 10 seconds for station identification you're listening to minor talk presented by the Oscar Arieta agency more in a moment here on 600 ESPN El Paso All right, Minor Talk continues here, presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. We'll get to our player of the game, thanks to uh, Timothy Cantrell Realty, and we'll get to our hot hand of the game, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso as well. Uh, but before we do that, let's continue with some more uh, you know, instant reaction, in-game uh, analysis after this one. Our telephone number, if you'd like to weigh in on any of this, 915-505-6009. Alberto Retta, our fourth member of a packed crowd here on Minor Talk. Love it. Uh, Alberto, you tell me, what did you notice today from the minors rotation-wise? What did you uh, like? And then on the on the flip side, what did you not like from this group today? Well, just to keep it kind of short, because it's the same thing with the minors every 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 week, you know. Um, uh, well, they're really relying like I thought they would on their younger guys, and they're trying to develop them before they get deeper into conference. And I was, you know, just really disappointed with Calvin Solomon. You know, those uh, layup missed layups late in the game to to when we're when the minors are down. Those those are crucial crucial um, points left on the on the left left on the board. So. Yeah, I'm just disappointed, and it's about to get a lot rougher, I think, for the Miners going into conference play. Well, I don't know. I don't know how. So, look, here's how I look at Conference USA. The Miners should have their opportunities, right? On paper, they should have their opportunities to beat the likes of Florida International, the likes of La Tech, or a Middle Tennessee, or a Sam Houston State, or like we thought about on Thursday, at least some uh, light or some chance to try to beat New Mexico State on the road for the first time in 12 tries. Like, this was the year, right? If there was ever going to be a year in a transition season like this season for the Miners, they should be competitive in Conference USA. They should, they've got a, a senior, a grad transfer in Zid Powell. They've got a senior in Tay Hardy, who is a preseason all-conference guy and a preseason all-conference guy in Calvin Solomon. No, I'm not counting this team completely out but I'm I don't know I I'm a little concerned I, I have a lot of red flags around this team right now and as the 
Conference USA season really kicks off and starts off. I mean, I'll bring you back in on this, Jason. How much of a grind is it if you're not playing well in Conference USA and you're talking about the month of February and that becomes a grind right before a conference tournament? That's This is the time when you want to be peaking. You want to be playing your best, not just motivated, not just you know confident. You want to be actually playing your best basketball, which right now the Miners are still trying to find out who they are. Yeah, you know, um, like you say, the, the, well, the good thing about college basketball is, is three seasons, right? So you always That's you always true. have a chance to get better. There's non-conference, There's conference. conference. And then you can still carry over into getting better at the end of conference so you can have that run in a conference tournament. Sure. But definitely I will, I will want to start the, the conference off um, with wins, you know, before you get to those tough role games that you're going to have to play in, in sometime in the, the month of January and February, those tough road conference games um, that you're going to have back to back. So, you know, I will. I well, how tough is it, start. right? Because the conference USA is so spread out. So as a player who did it before, how tough are these road games um you know it's very tough it's a lot more spread it out than when i played because there's a lot of teams everywhere now but it'll be tough you know for the kids to travel far you know get off the bus have to do all that different stuff and and go and play games but at the end of the day this is what they signed up for they want to be professional so you know travel it's no excuse you know, there's no excuse when you travel and roll games. You just got to go there and be prepared the best that you can and, and go out and put it all on the court. Okay, uh, worst uh, travel location for you, Tulsa, Hawaii, La Tech. What was the, wor- what was the worst one? Just uh, like travel, everything you guys had to do, conference and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would probably say La Tech. Or am I getting it wrong? Like, are you, Is there another group out there? I'd like probably Memphis? say La Tech probably was the, the one of the travels because – um, we have to drive from Dallas. Right. I think oh. We flew and fly in from Dallas and drive to Monroe. Ugh. So it's about two, three hours from there. So yeah, and now they go. They, now they go something like Baton Rouge or, or uh, New Orleans, and then they they drive into Murfreesboro, so yeah. or, or whatever bus into that. So yeah, it seems like not the best uh, you know road trip whatsoever. That's a good one right there. Hey, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As we get things started here, Miners win seventy four sixty nine. We're kind of talking. I mean, our tone sounds like the walls are are really crashing down, and everything is uh, you know they should be panicking and uh i guess the joe golding quote today was don't panic they're pivoting right here which is an interesting philosophy in itself zay because uh this team right here i guess they're acknowledging things aren't working or they didn't work up to this point and so they really have to pivot up to what's next what what's going to happen in the future for this group because if they stay the same if they stay stagnant on how how their approach really was before this game or really before the past couple weeks then things aren't going to change they're going to actually get worse. Yeah, you could tell that this team, they needed to make some adjustments, right? Because what we saw on Thursday, right? You could say it was a rivalry game, this, that, and the third, but they just didn't play good. They didn't play good at all. They struggled. They struggled defensively. They struggled offensively. They just struggled all in all. So you were going to need to make some changes. And and he said it perfectly. Coach Joe Golding said it perfectly. It's, it's a slight change. It's a pivot. It's not a huge 180. We're not freaking out. You know, the, the, the sky isn't falling, right? We just had to, to, to make some slight changes, and we saw those you know, going to effect today. 
Yeah, and I think that the biggest change, you know, and, and they're going to commit to it, it seems like, and that is going smaller, a smaller approach moving forward uh, for this UTEP basketball team. Uh, this is what we're going to do next. What we're going to do is we're going to ask Jason Williams for his final thoughts. We appreciate him for stopping by today. We're going to take a break. We're going to do an in or out segment to talk player by player. I've got other storylines to get to as well. I, I'm not expecting a lot of phone calls today, so we'll probably save it for next week on the road against FIU. Uh, for you know the full blown minor talk is per usual, uh, but Jason, minors have FIU on the road next week. From what you saw today, what are some of the biggest changes you need to see from the minors moving forward in order to just have some more success? It just feels like yeah, getting a win is is good for this team. If they would have lost today, we're talking about pushing the panic button in a, in a real way. Uh, but at the same point, minors are not where they need to be, and I think that there's still time uh, to turn around. Uh, you know, turn the corner. There's, this is still the team that beat UC Santa Barbara at home, won the Sun Bowl Invitational at home in back-to-back matchups. What do you want to see from this team moving forward? Um, you know, I want to see them continue to compete. You know, I think they could play a little harder. Um, they can uh, they could talk more on the court as a team. You know, um, sometimes you hear guys when they playing. You know, I don't hear that from those guys. I don't hear a lot of that. Um, and they have to cut out the stupid turnovers. You know, that's the main thing. I think that's what really kept the other team in the game, unforced turnovers. The team didn't force them to turn the ball over, and they was making stupid passes, you know, not reading the game in that way. I think if they can cut the turnovers, and I think Coach maybe found, a, a like you say, he went small tonight, so maybe he found something that's going to help the offense. But now you have to find something that's going to help you on defense because you don't have the size. Good point. Yeah, so I, I, I like that's, it. That's the real thing, you know. Maybe he found something good tonight on offense, but now it's okay. Now we got to fix this problem on defense. And maybe that's good for you, Ted, because this coaching staff will like that. Hey, give me a, a team that is giving me more on offense, and we'll coach him up defensively. You know, that's usually how UTEP plays. Jason, always appreciate you stopping by. Before we let you go, plug your coaching and everything that you're doing right now. Let people know if they've got a young one out there, they want to get their kids some training for basketball. What they need to do in order to contact you hello um well i have i have a training gym um i train kids daily um in basketball as far as the skill wise and you know build them up mentally to to whatever type of basketball player or whatever they want to be in life you know through basketball i always feel it teaches you how to work hard for something even if some kids might not go pro or go college it's teaching you how to work hard also i have youth teams um if anybody looking for teams from fourth fourth grade to high school teams as we gearing up for travel season um man you know as we try to get more competitive so we can uh, represent el paso out of town and you know help the kids get to to college and you know the things that they want to do if you guys interested you can find me on facebook or instagram jason williams basketball academy easy hey how's the talent here in el paso how you like it uh, uh i think um we're getting better. The, we're getting better. The tenth okay. grade on down, you have you have some good players, but like I say, I just think it's a lot of um, youth teams. Yeah, and they're not they're not bringing the developing the kids up right here. Okay, 
I like it. Okay, so you're you're trying to do something different here. Trying to do something town. different. Yes. Love it, man. Hey, Jason Williams, always appreciate you stopping by. Thanks again for uh, joining us here on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me. UTEP legend Jason Williams joining us here on the show. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more minor talk. We're going to get into our in and out segment. We're also going to take some phone calls. So if you want to weigh in, 915-505-6009. UTEP defeats Chicago State 74-69. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. More in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, we are back. Minor Talk continues here, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, along with Sal Montes, Alberto Reta, Zay Galindo. I'm Adrian Broadus. We've got full phone lines here, 915-505-6009. Let's do it. Let's get to some phone calls, and then we will uh, jump back to our segment, In or Out. Uh, really appreciate everybody calling in. I know it's you know it's a weird Sunday game. Just for everybody's reference, I saw it bounce around a couple people on X, formerly known as Twitter, that uh, people were upset that it was on a Sunday. It's in the middle of the Cowboys game. I get all of that. Uh, I'll tell you this. I know that the coaching staff wasn't thrilled that this game was on Sunday, January 7th, uh, and they really didn't have a choice. I mean, schedule making is difficult in itself, and I think that this is just one of those weird games that came after UTEP actually started conference play. So it was their non-conference finale when CUSA has already uh, play has already really tipped off. But yeah, regardless, here's where the UTEP Miners are nine and seven, uh, heading into their full season of conference play. Let's get things started on the phone lines. We got James Abel, and then uh, we got another phone call as well. Let's go to it nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. This is first up. Let's go to the phones. It's James who's joining us first. James, good afternoon, man. What's going on? Good afternoon, and uh, I've got to commend you guys. You guys are doing a great job in a very difficult atmosphere right now in a difficult environment at the University of Texas at El Paso. But keep up the good work, man. You guys are doing great. Just uh, very difficult for anybody to get up uh, for a Chicago or UTEP minor or over a Chicago win when we had lost to NMSU. And uh, the other thing I want to address is, I don't know if you've seen the coach after some of these press conferences, but I mean, we've got to be concerned for his health. I mean, he is just overwhelmed. I think the the whole he's just been have not been able to get his hands and arms and around the situation and the guys to respond. I mean, and it's really concerning for our total program. So I'll, I'll say this real quick, James, uh, and, and then I'll let you finish your point. Um, I, I just want to say this. I have no questions whatsoever on the health or concerns about Joe Golding. Now, if you want to say that he's a little too fiery or that you know these games are just exhausting for him at the end, I mean, it just tells you how much work that him and the staff, they're really having to put into this season. I think they're, uh, you know, just to put it blunt, they're, they're coaching their ass off or asses off right now uh, and what they're trying to do. Now, is it translating to wins and losses? like fans would like to see no not necessarily uh but they're trying to develop and trying to get this this team at a better spot than they are right now but go ahead james and i'll tell you just uh just trying and effort after effort without results is just that it's just efforts without any results and i mean we can defend them as much as we want to and, 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 and i mean our sons defended him, and I said, no. When I first saw him, he was not the coach that I wanted for UTIP. I think I would have liked that in a uh, chance, uh, just a better recruiter, better uh, 
he had the experience of Division One getting to the NCAA tournament more than one time, and uh, just a very difficult situation for our for us as longtime season ticket holders. And this is my motto: I want UTEP to go back to the NCAA tournament basketball tournament before I die. Yeah, and that's going to be my motto. So, yeah. but thanks again, guys. Thank you. Very hey, much great stuff, James. I appreciate that. And look, the reality is, your standard that you hold UTEP to is the same standard that a lot of people will have, and they will not be. They will not compromise, James. You know, people, and we've talked about this a lot, Sal. It's NCAA tournament or nothing for a lot of people, uh, and maybe yeah. it should for a historically solid program like UTEP, where they had so much success in the '60s, uh, you know, '60s. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. This program in basketball has been so historic, so uh, you know, amazing. And those fans that hold it to that high of a standard, where hey, they want them to get to uh, you know a really high threshold. That's that's a really solid thing, I, and you know that's a real thing as well. And I'm I'm not gonna you know downplay those feelings for some of those fans who want to see UTEP play at that high uh, level every single year. So there you go. Hey, let's keep it going. Now in five five zero five. Six zero zero nine. Abel is next on the phone lines. Abel, good afternoon. What's going on, man? Hey, well, before we start, I want to plug, of course, some Mineros in Español. Oh, Abel, this is Abel's from Abel from Mineros de Español. It's great to hear from you, Abel. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. I just want to plug and let everybody know we're on Facebook. You can follow us. Uh, I have a great sports writer that's written for uh, sports uh, in Juarez and here in El Paso. Javier uh, Sanchez, and he's, he writes up the story just like anything else and uh, got a good little following. So I want to appreciate, you know, all our all the people follow us and see if you guys can help me grow a little bit. But I got to tell you one thing, okay, being at the New Mexico State game and understanding that after watching what I thought was like a really inconsistent uh, performance that, you know, they, they still got it to four, you know, and then – uh, what did it say about a team that, you know, you, you thought by watching them in the first part of, you know, their their season that looked like, you know, they were very active. They moved around quite a bit and, you know, and the big guys were, you know, they were putting the stuff in, you know, and now it's it's changed around and I, I understand that. But the fact of the matter is that this is not a bad team. This is a good team and it will, if it can find its identity within itself, these guys are like brothers anyway, man. And anybody that has ever gone to practice, okay, knows that Coach Cox and Coach Golding are they're bulldozers, man. I mean, they are in the, they jump in the middle and grab guys and throw them around, and you know, I mean, they're they're definitely coaching uh, hard, okay. So after that, then it comes down to you know the player, the person, the desire, the want, you know, the need. Um. That that's how that's how you define yourself if you're going to play college ball. Do I like where I'm at? You know, do I? You know, I it's a, it's got a lot of mental uh, variables now that I don't think we're in there when you'd have to go and play like for Don Haskins and he would just tell you to sit down and be quiet. Well, well, hey, Abel, let me let me ask you this. So, it, what it sounds like to me from what you're saying right here is that trust the coaching staff. This is their style. You know, they're trying to get the right players, but you got to put some uh, of the fault or maybe some of the blame of the struggles early season on maybe the players themselves versus the coaching staff themselves. Well, then answer me this, Abel, because you said this this team is good right now. What is good? What define good right here with this oh, group? Well, what because I mean, they're they're good and they're good enough to get better. They're okay. not, in other words, this so you, is not you the like end the, of the potential. Line. This is not you the like end the potential. Of the line. Well, I hate the word potential. 
uh, I want it to happen. Okay, I, I mean, but everyone's got potential, you know. But a good team's got to have much more than potential. They have it as far as the players. Okay, um, look what they did today. You know, like you said, they have four guards and pivoting and and changing things around. That's fine. But there's going to come games where you know and I know that you got to put the big guys in and try to get some points in the paint. But they're not going to do that, man. I mean, that they're pivoting, they're, they're changing their philosophy right here. I appreciate and that's the not fo- how balls played now. Yeah, right? and, 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 yeah, exactly, Sal. And I appreciate the phone call, Abel. I, I hear, I hear the perspective that you're uh, that you have here. Uh, I just, you know, I would disagree where this team is at right now. Maybe um, I, I, I don't know. I just we're going to have to see a bigger sample size to see what this pivot really means for UTEP if they like you said throw the bigger guys down low and we see a two big man approach again with maybe Solomon and Kalu sharing the floor at the same time but Zay we've even talked about this off air like it, it just seems like where UTEP's at right now they are not going to be playing both uh, Kalu and uh, Solomon on the floor together uh, here in the near future it just hasn't worked it just hasn't worked out and um <clears throat> You know, the way that, you know, UTEP is built, you know, they're just, they're not built to have, you know, forcing it inside the paint every time to to a guy like Kevin Kalou, who we saw when he did get the ball in the paint, you know, he was missing bunnies. He was missing two footers. So what's, what's the point of all that when you can, you know, be spreading the floor, doing something that actually worked for you today? Yeah, good point. Hey, let's go back to the phones. It's Hunter next on the phone lines. Hunter, hey, happy new year. Or Larry David says, I can't say that, but what's going on, man? going on man hope you enjoyed that vacation i did i really did man it was great to to get a good reset but i'm back and i will not leave for a while so <laughs> now you got to plan those trips man and uh sal and some of the other guys had to hold it down through some rough times man so hope you appreciate <laughs> yeah they did a great job by the way uh i said it earlier but i'll say it again shout out to all the guys who helped out while i was gone so really good stuff how did you see this one hunter are you or are you glass half full do you see some things you like today or are you still pretty disappointed where they're at right now uh i think what the the previous callers were alluding to uh it, 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 they have a team that is capable of competing with anybody in this conference. We've seen it. They, they're not out. You know, it's, it's not like they're the talent in other teams is uh, so much greater than, than than UTEP. So that's what gives gives hope, right? Is that there isn't a huge talent disparity anywhere. If they if they put it together, they're going to be okay. But the question is, will they? And uh, and I think what your first caller earlier was, he wasn't talking about Joe Golding's health. He's talking about how stressed out he is. And Golding said that last year was one of his hardest years coaching. I would venture to say that this year is worse. Yeah, yeah. Because these are 100% his guys. And, and you know, I, I think it was Sal that was just talking before you answered. You know, they're not built to do, you know, whatever he was, whatever the point was he was making, that they're not built for that. What is this team built for? You guys tell me that then. What is this team built for? Maybe built for development because they've got younger guys with David Terrell, Elijah Jones, and you know uh, Trey Horton today that they were excited about. I mean, that's my like. But I say that with a big question mark because you've got veteran guys like Zid Powell, Tay Hardy, and Calvin Solomon, who this is their final year of eligibility right here. I mean, they're this is the veteran group with those three right there, quote unquote. 
and Kalu's been on three years. This is not a young team. No, this is not a young team. I want to. I want to make that very, very clear. If I hear things like inexperience and stuff like that, I'll pull out game logs because now Kalu started probably over twenty-five games. I, I'd have to go back and, and look at those numbers exactly, but he's easily played in over seventy. So I, I don't want to hear about inexperience there. So the, what I'm my point was trying to make. This team's not built for anything. It's just like a hodgepodge of players. And the fact that they're willing to change right when conference starts, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make adjustments and and try things and all that. By all means, you should always be uh, evolving. But they don't have a coaching philosophy. Right now, they're not even defending well. And you you guys talked about that, oh, he's a guard at heart. Tell me about good guard play because I haven't seen it. And and uh, there there is none, you know. I think something something happened. Who knows? In that at that California trip, I don't know what it was, but that's when the personality of this team really changed. Because before this, they were playing with with you know intensity. They were out there wanting it. They were they were they were getting after it on both ends of the court, whether the shots fall or not. You know, right now shots are not falling, which is fine. Except you know today, I think. With the exception of Horton and uh, Hardy, nobody else made a three. But something happened, and the fire's not there. The intensity's not there. And if Golden can get them back, they'll be okay. But if they continue this lackluster, just uh, uninspired basketball, it's going to be a long season. And that's the most disappointing thing is is the the abilities there. they're They're not playing to it. Sure, and I think the only thing that you'll be able to judge Golding on at the end of the year is the record, and, and you're going to stack it up to last year's record and say, hey, 14 and 18 last season, you're going to look at the numbers this year and you're going to reflect back on year one where, uh, you know, I, I've been asking this to a lot of people lately, and it's it's a tough question. Who is UTEP's best recruit under Joe Golding? And I think the and I want to hear your answer to this one, Hunter, but I'll give you mine first. The My answer would be the retention of guys like like Sule Boom and you know those guys in year one, Jamal Bienemy in year one. That was, I mean, you want to talk about good recruiting? Just keeping those guys there year one. That's probably the best recruit he has here at UTEP up to this point. And I, I don't know the other ones. I don't know the other ones that you can actually tell me that came in here as a top level recruit. He's brought in recruits that he's actually developed and actually made a little bit better. But I don't know. I, I think that's where you got to start when you start to wonder what happened into this season is you reevaluate things like recruiting and then you wonder well which guys have really stood out during uh, his tenure and his regime here at UTEP well he's proven he's not a good recruiter but we were all thinking that okay he, he you're 100% right Adrian his best players were keeping the ones from Terry's regime 100% the, the, the talent level is not the same however I thought that with his coaching ability and, and motivating ability, they'd be okay. You know, he, he could recruit slightly lower level and they're going to be fine. But he's not even getting the most out of what he has. It's not like like these players are at a lesser caliber and he's just getting the most out of them. He's getting the least out of lower caliber. You should not struggle with Chicago State. You should not. I don't care who you are. Enemus uh, using the dumps. I mean, the worst team they've had probably in 20 years. And they they win, and he talks about trusting the process. Your process has been going on for three years. This guy's been there not even a whole season, and apparently they're better than our program. 
So that's the problem. And, and you know, people, he, he's not motivating these guys, but motivation is not enough. You know, when you're motivated, you know, say you want to lose weight, you go out when it's a nice day and you're going to go run, but are you motivated enough to get out there when it's snowing or, you know, when it's bad weather or you're feeling bad? That's called discipline. And discipline is more important than motivation, and they have zero. And that's what one of your other callers talked about is sloppy passes. And they have zero discipline. And, like, guys that I'm in charge of, I always tell them, hey, I can tolerate mistakes. I will not tolerate lack of effort. If you don't show me effort, you're gone. And he's kind of the opposite. He will tolerate attitudes and lack of effort from the likes of Calvin Solomon because he paid him 50000 this year and Zid Powell because he was paid the same, but he will not tolerate mistakes by younger players that are putting in the effort. I would much rather him punish effort than mistakes. I'd love to see a team out there with Camper and Hardy and, uh, and, and David Terrell and, um, and Eliza Jones and throw Hamilton in there. Let him make mistakes. Let him get beat. But they're going to give you everything they got. I can tolerate that a lot more than this nonsense that some of these players are putting out there. Solomon's checked out. I hear you. I hear you, man. Hey, great stuff, Hunter, as always. It's great to catch up with you. Happy New Year. We'll talk plenty more here throughout the season, and we'll uh, have a lot more time to dissect this. But really good stuff back and forth. Uh, and just to put a bow on this, Kevin Callu, I was right on the money. Um, 22 starts, 72 games he's played over his time here at UTEP. So there you go, guys. Any uh, reactions to the Hunter call, Sal? Man, um, he really cares a lot. I, and the funny thing is, I feel like that's a that's a common call that we get, not just from yeah. him, but from a lot of uh, a lot of callers. And I think that's kind of indicative of how the season's gone. Um, and, and he mentioned like, hey, you shouldn't be struggling against Chicago State. And I understand that, you know, you, you hold this team to a high standard, but I don't think this team is is good enough to stray away consistently from teams that are better than Chicago State. I think when they take on Chicago State, that's a team that's in your wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse, yeah, they showed flashes of what they could be. But I mentioned this with the football team when um, when they had that bowl game season against Fresno State, how they kind of overachieved. Maybe that win against Cal was just the overachieving moment, and this team might not reclaim that type of um, that that type of feel so to speak, or that, that type of big-time moment, if that makes any Possibly. sense. Yeah, so no, it definitely does. It, we've just seen so many inconsistencies because, yeah, they, they won this game, and that's good. You want to get back on the winning track, and this is a team that you could get it done against. But going down the road um, from your conference stretch, especially in some of those tougher places to play, like we mentioned, Murfreesboro, um, you know, so many other places in, uh, in Bowling Green at, at Western Kentucky, do you truly believe that this win against Chicago State is going to you know, pivot them towards that? No, nah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I personally don't. But it's a, it's a really good point. Uh, let's, uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. JJ Minor Fan is next up on the phone lines. Joe John, what's going on, man? It's great to hear from you. Hey, welcome back. Well, first off, I'm not happy with the win. I mean, I know it's weird to say but like everybody else is saying, struggling against Chicago State, I'm not happy with it. Okay, um, and like the other callers are saying, I think the coach lost the team. Honestly, Coach Cox, Coach Cox is the one that coaches in game, and you could see, you know, uh, Coach Golden walking away, uh, you know, not not really interested. He's like a more of a raw rock type of guy, but it's really Coach Cox that coaches the team. 
And I think he lost the team at this point. I, I disagree um, just because, you know, you have guys who are still playing really hard for him. So if you say the whole locker room or, you know, you lost the whole team, I'd completely disagree with that. Um, you know, just because, again, you've got guys like David Terrell who's actually getting better as the season's going along. And if you want to hang your hat on any kind of pros on this team or things that you can uh, be excited about moving forward, I'd be really excited about David Terrell Jr., just a freshman, a true freshman. When's the last true freshman that's played this kind of these kind of minutes I mean you'd have to look back to the really bad season uh year one of Rodney Terry when Nigel Hawkins Jordan Lathan FEODG they were kind of let loose that year and able to make a lot of mistakes uh as freshmen so you know I, and then you get guys like Corey Camper who's still giving all you know his all Tay Hardy is still an all-conference caliber type of player so he's not checked out yet he's really trying to win these games so I think you know um I hear where you're coming from JJ I understand your frustration but I don't feel like that's warranted. I, I feel like there are guys out there on this team who are really giving it their all. And I'd actually like to highlight Tay Hardy. I think he's kind of the guy who gets uh, you know, underrepresented as far as guys who cares and gives a lot of effort, and he's really uh, stepped up in that way. Even in the bad games. I mean, even in the games where you're str- like the, they're struggling, like the NMSU game, the Seattle game, he's not quitting, and he's really trying to give it his all to try to win those games. So, JJ, I'll, I'll disagree with you there. Um, but I mean, what I mean by that is, you put a Billy Gillespie in there, you put a even a Doc Satter with remember the offensive plays were pretty darn good. Um, you put one of those coaches in there, they're going to get a lot of potential out of them. Coach Barbie, but this coach, Coach Golding, is not getting the full potential like the other colleagues were saying. He's not getting the full potential. He's not getting their buy-in. Like uh, like like Billy Gillespie's players, but first year, remember how bad it was. Yeah, and yet Turn all, around the fans it. all around it. Yeah, all the fans are buying it because of their heart, and they're putting all the effort into it. I just don't see it. Just, I, I don't see it. I understand. Hey, JJ, I, I hear where you're coming from, and I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. A good string of phone calls. Let's keep it going. We've got Augustine and then uh, Sarah. Let's first go to Sarah, and then we'll go to Augustine after that. 915-505-6009. Sarah, welcome to 2024 Minor Talk. It's been a while since we've last spoken. How's everything going? Everything's going Okay. Good. I, I I I I'm I'm I've been watching the whole season. I, I kind of didn't want to call in, but I had to call in tonight because I I did see the struggle that we had, and I didn't think that we would struggle as much against this team. Um, so I, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, Sarah, real, real quick, real quick, because I think fans are not understanding what we're trying to say here. Fans are putting UTEP at a good standard right here. In Chicago State, I put them at the standard where I want UTEP to blow them out. I want UTEP to have that get-right game okay. ahead of the full Conference USA uh, stretch. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I thought we would be as well. Um I, I I don't know what's going on with Derek Hamilton. Um, I don't know what's going on with Elijah Jones not getting more time. Um, I, I'm real real disappointed as far as our bigs go. Um, I do I I do. New Mexico State did kind of surprise me with the with the bigs that they had. They had some huge dudes. Wasn't expecting that. I, I wasn't really watching them, but um, they came out with a whole lot of 
a whole lot of quality, huge guys that I, I wasn't expecting. But um, I still feel like that we, we, we played pretty good against New Mexico State. But tonight, I really thought that our bigs would come in and dominate the game. I, I really did. Our, our guards did excellent tonight. I really thought that they did good. Um, but where are our bigs' representation? We can't make Kalu do all the work. Um, I expect a lot from Kalu, but I also expect a whole lot more from Solomon, as well as where is Derek Hamilton? Yeah, we're all good points, Sarah, and I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. I mean, you you know this program pretty well, so uh, you you understand where this team is at, and you understand where their inefficiencies start at, and you're pointing out at the front court. Now, the Elijah Jones uh, reference today, he gets six minutes. He actually contributes in a pretty good effort. A point he did have, you know, um, you know, he did not have a foul. He did not have a turnover like he sometimes does have when he plays. Uh, you know, in these small stretches of periods. However, I would just say when it comes to Elijah Jones, they're really being careful with him as a freshman, and I think they're really trying to monitor those minutes. I hope he gets more minutes as well. I'm a little disappointed in Calvin Solomon as well. I, I hear where you're coming from there. And then as far as uh, Derek Hamilton, I mean, man, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I, I really don't know when we're we're going to uh, see him next or, you know, when he's going to actually earn those minutes off the bench. And, th- and that's another thing. Kevin Callew, you know, uh, where are you guys at with him? In or out? It, let's let's jump the gun. Where are you guys at? Zay, in or out? Kevin Callew, where are you at right now? Um, I'm in on Kevin Callow. He's playing a good 20 minutes. You know, he's getting, you know, four or five rebounds, maybe five points. Yeah, I'm in on that. Out if he's playing, you know, 30-plus minutes. Sal? It depends on if he's in foul trouble or not. No, you know what? I, I can't joke here. I'm in because oh man, the the reason why I'm in is because the the upside is there, and you know what you're gonna get from him. It's not so much um, it's not so much Jekyll and Hyde. You know what I mean? I, I think he's always gonna give that effort that people are talking about. We just heard a ton of callers mention guys are not bought in. That's a guy who's clearly bought in. He's just extremely raw, extremely rough when it comes to a uh, um, tapping out that potential. He didn't he start playing organized basketball at seventeen? Yes. You know, but you have somebody like that who's willing to to run through a brick wall for anybody who's out there. And I think that exemplifies what this team really needs. Now he's not reliable at the line. But he's going to do just about everything else for you. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just he's going to mess up one offensive possession at each game that's going to frustrate you, and then he's going to have a highlight reel play that's going to make you all bought in. So, uh, yeah, I think with Kevin Cal, you, you, you kind of get the both uh, swings. Uh, Alberto, where are you at? In or out? I'm in. I think um, the yeah. miners need him if, if, uh, if they want to succeed. Man, I'm on an island here. I'm out. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> let's let's keep things moving. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 915-505-6009. Augustine is next on the phone lines. Augustine, welcome back. What's going on? Hey, uh, hey uh, Adrian. Hey, Sal. Um, good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, well, I, I just got three things to say. And all the things that minor fans are saying, if I said those things before, I would have gotten crucified. Yeah, yeah, here's a laugh. I would have gotten crucified because, you know, uh, everybody has their opinion and all this and that. But, but at the same time, this, 
the thing is, how far is Golden into his tenure at UTEP? This is his, this uh, is year three, second year, year year three. I mean, never in the history of UTEP have we been so critical of a coach at year three. Not even Dana Dimmel got got this kind of scrutiny. Oh my gosh! So no. I think. No, I, you're I, way I, off, Augustine. You're way off. You're way off. Who did my he friend. replace? <laughs> who did he replace? <laughs> who, who replaced who? Who did Joe Golding replace? Uh, Terry, I think. And Terry lasted how many years? Uh, Terry lasted two more years than he needed to be here, anyway. Terry lasted three years here. Okay, he was he was well, the head coach at UTEP for three seasons. Okay, and uh, yeah, I think people were pretty much out year one or year two at least. I mean, and I, I'm not saying year I was necessarily. Yeah. yeah, year one and a half exactly, but a lot of fans were out. Yeah, yeah, but th- that that's because of a lot of reasons because uh, players were not you know going at it and a bunch of different things. You know, with Terry it was a different thing. Golding, Golding at least takes. You know, it takes accountability for the mistakes for the team. Agreed. Completely agree. I, I agree with that 100%. He takes all the accountability. Exactly. And, and and that's what you need from a head coach. And this change that he's doing, that's what coaches need to do. If something isn't working, change it. And that's what he's doing. I mean, if you expect different results and are doing the same thing, then you're basically crazy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's right. I mean, You've got to adjust. I mean, and that's something from different UTEP coaches that we hadn't seen. Admit, hey, I was wrong about this. We're going to try it a different way. When has another UTEP coach done that? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. He's taking accountability. Uh, he also takes a lot of ownership for this stuff. And going into the season, he took a lot of accountability for how last year's season went. So really good point there, Augustine. Actually, to close out, you, you patched it up after uh, steering the ship uh, south. You patched it up and, you know, you landed the ship. So good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Hey, our telephone number again, 915-505-60090 to get into the program. All right, guys, let's do it. Uh, Minor Talk listeners' favorites segment in or out um let's just jump into it and uh, we'll go player by player we already crossed off uh kevin Callu, so we don't have to uh go that route anymore but let's start off with a positive one in or out david terrell jr we'll start with you alberto in or out i'm in okay simply put sal in or out all the way in yeah yeah, yeah. uh zay go ahead and if you want to elaborate feel free yeah I'm in, you know, no doubt about it. He played a great game. He's a big spark, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting next game. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's switch it up. Baylor Heb in or out? Sal, go ahead. Out. Out. Yeah. Any reason? Uh, I just think uh, the lack of production, it, it, and I don't I don't think it's fair to expect a lot of production, but um, it's basically kind of been ineffective, you know, to to a fault for the minors uh, since he's been in there where they need to hit the open shots and that's somebody you need to hit a shot consistently especially when um when the game plan kind of finds its way onto the minors saying hey take this jump shot because it's going to be open they, they got to be a lot more i don't want to say aggressive because i i think they are aggressive with the jump shots but they, they definitely got to be more efficient and the more efficient they are then they can start to spread things around i think today they they did well on that but it's also an anomaly because it's chicago's 
State. So I want to see them be able to do something like this against the Western Kentucky or New Mexico State when they get them back at the Haskins Center. All right, Alberto, swing it over to you. In or out? Uh, I'm out, unfortunately. They brought him in to shoot, and he hasn't done that really well, and now the team is suffering. Well, they were suffering before it, right? I mean, as far as shooting, they were they were, were definitely suffering before uh, he, he actually joined the team. But to your point, they really didn't get an addition there. Uh, Zay, where are you at right now, in or out? Yeah, I'm out. I think you know, I don't. I'm not a college coach, obviously, but I feel like he was maybe rushed in a little bit, right? You know, he, he started that New Mexico State game. I think it's like his third game back. I mean. Maybe we expected too much from him, but yeah, I'm out. He just didn't provide much for this UTEP team. Yeah, I think that's where it is. I think you and and Sal hit on it, and I don't. I think where I'm at with Baylor, Baylor Hebb is I'm not out. It, the jury's still out whether or not you could be in on on a player like that. But it's because of just not being able to see it over the past couple seasons. So I, I thought about it. I was like, so where is Baylor Hebb? Do you, do you classify him as a younger player? Do you classify him as an inexperienced player? Where, where would you classify him? Uh, Sal, if I had to make you guess, over under 50 games played for Baylor Hebb, is he over or under that mark? Uh, I would say under. He's at 68 games wow. played in his college basketball career. It, it doesn't look like it. Well, and, that's the concerning part. And to your point, uh, 10.2 minutes um, a game is what he's averaged over his career. And maybe that number's a little skewed, right? Because first year he plays for an NCAA tournament team in Loyola, Chicago, and he plays in 19 games off the bench. It's probably in garbage time when the team's already killing them and he's playing in those matchups. So, you know, that's, that's a tough year to really evaluate. Second year, Colorado State, that's his sophomore season. He plays in 11 games, same thing, off the bench sparingly. Doesn't really shoot a lot, doesn't really do anything on that team at all. Uh, last year played for Colorado State, uh, played in 33 games, started in 14 of those, averaged 12 minutes a game, uh, shot 53% from two-point shots, and then 31% from three-point shots. So the uh, discourse around Baylor Hebb was, he's going to be the sharpshooter, he's going to be the guy who comes in, who hits the shot, who's the splash guy, who's a guy who this coaching staff's recruited year over year and who they've really liked out of high school and they felt like his potential has never really been maximized. I get all of that. It's just too early to even tell on, on all of that uh, as far as in a UTEP uniform. We just haven't seen it in a UTEP uniform. And, and so uh, for that, I'm not completely out, but I, I just I guess I want to see more. And if you argued, well, you've already seen 68 games worth, then, I mean, it's it's tough to argue with that. So there you go. Uh, let's, let's keep it moving. Next one, in or out, Calvin Solomon. Mm, this is a tough one. Uh, Zay, go ahead. I'm always going to be on a Cal- on Calvin Solomon. I just think you know it, it's gonna it's there. It's gonna take time. Obviously, it shouldn't be taking time for a guy who's in his last year of college basketball. But I feel like he'll get it rolling eventually. He's such a good defender, and he just needs to buy in a little bit more. And I think that's possible when he's been with you know his coaching staff for two years. And I, I I'm I'm in. I'm in. Okay, Sal Calvin Solomon, out. Uh, I'm out just for the uh, the regression on offense for a guy who uh, you mentioned. Uh, I think the defense is there. That that's always going to be there, and that's why he continues to uh, to get the minutes that he does. But you, you can't be a returning member who's a focal point in the starting lineup and regress on offense. It's almost four points worse when, when you go back to the game against McMurray. Um, right there, getting 12, so the average starts at 12. But you go to the most recent game where he just gets two. You're at 7.9 points per game as well. That's that's what two thirds uh, basically that that you're in the hole for. So or a third rather. So I 
just out, man. I don't think the team looks a lot better with him on the floor either. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to honestly agree with that. I'm out as well. But before I give my reason, uh, Alberto, you go ahead. I'm out uh, just because, or I'm in, but I think the I don't matter. I think it's the coaches who are slowly not giving him minutes anymore, and they're going to continue to go down, especially as the younger guys get better uh, offensively. So yeah, his offensive production—that's what's going to get him off the feet, off the court. Yeah, um, Calvin Solomon. I'll give you some stats, guys. So number one, turnover rate. So this actually takes your possessions and it cuts it in like a pie chart, right? Okay, hear hear me out on this one right here. So if I said the amount of effective field goals that he shoots is a certain percentage, and the amount of turnovers that he commits is a certain percentage. Okay, y'all follow me on that one right there. Calvin Solomon right now on this season, he is turning the ball over twenty almost 25% of the offensive possessions he has, okay? So it's a, a quarter of the time. The advanced stats really don't like where Calvin Solomon is right now offensively. And against Tier A and Tier B teams, we're talking about teams that are in the top 100 or top 150 on Ken Palm, and that's, you know, advanced analy- uh, analytics of college basketball right now. Calvin Solomon Solomon is turns the ball over almost 50%, 48% turnover rate against tier A, tier B teams, 48% turnovers right now. So that's that's not a good number. His assist ratio on that right there, it's a 17%. So he's turning the ball over more than he's assisting on shots. And right now where where the miners need him to be, I mean, of course that's not that's not a good place at all uh, for you to be at if you're Calvin Solomon on the season. And uh, the regression is real right uh, to start off the season he has started a game every single game that he's played in back-to-back seasons at Stephen F. Austin and at UTEP uh, from 2021 through 2023 started 32 games at Stephen F. Austin started all 32 last year this year to start off the season uh, he started 11 of the first games and then now this is I think this is the uh, fourth or fifth game that he has come off the bench and this one he had 14 minutes so his minutes are really starting to diminish. Uh, in fact, last year he averaged almost 30 minutes a game for the minors. This year he's averaging 20. So there's a drop-off right there, and there's a drop-off in production. The turnovers are are what they are, and he's just having them at a higher rate. He's fouling at a higher rate as well. Last year he, he averaged 2.4 fouls a game. This year, 2.7 fouls per game, so he's, at, he's fouling at a higher rate as well. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not trying to pick on him right now too much, but advanced analytics the advanced stats will tell you a story and paint a story that calvin solomon right now is one of the problems in terms of utep's inefficiencies all right talking inefficiencies where are we at zid pal in or out uh zay you start us off um i'm out um i just um i think zid pal he's a hooper he can definitely get buckets but you know we, we've seen in stretches he's just not bought into this team he's just you know, kind of out there sometimes, and that's just that you can't have that when that's your your transfer, that's your your big time transfer. You know, when that's the guy that you you went out and got, he's the one who's supposed to get you a bucket when your offense is stagnant. You know, there's five seconds left on the shot clock. You should be looking for Zid Powell, and they're just not. Yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, by the way, guys, Rams just tied things up, or they're actually trying to go for two right now to take the lead over the 49ers. Rams never beat the 49ers, so this is like my Christmas right here. So I'm very happy. See you next week, Sal. Speaking of Sal, where are you at? Uh, in or out? Zip oh, Powell. Oh man, I really don't know, but I got to pick. 
I, I can't, and, and I guess that's a good noise, right? There. <laughs> yes, twenty-one twenty. There we go. Um, you know what? I'll I'll say this. Um, damn, I don't even know what I want to say, man. Where are you going? Z- in or out? Zip pal. I just gotta don't think about it. Just say it out. Wow. Okay. Out. But I got you. I, I will say this though. Um, out. However. That that has to be Tay Hardy's team. I've I've said before how if Powell isn't going offensively, they're going to have a tougher time to win, and I I still hold on to that. But when I say out, it's more so on the fact that this is this is Tay Hardy's team, and I think he's shown it. It gets overlooked a lot, and I think because um, he may be a lot quieter, so to speak. The production isn't quieter. I think the production's there for Tay Hardy, but. I'm just saying now because you got to go with one or the other when it comes to your guards, and the more reliable guy has has been Tay Hardy. Alberto, 100%. yeah, I'm out. Uh, I just haven't seen anything from him that I I, I think is is uh, is super special, and and he hasn't helped the, the team apart from that huge performance that was 30 points. He hasn't turned it on like that in any other performances, and especially not. And at MSU when they really needed it. They did need it that day. I would say, look, uh, with Zid Powell, it's, it's tough because he's such a polarizing player. They need him to be the best player. I'm out if, on him as a leader. I'm out on him as his body language. Don't like those two things right there. And I think that he really needs to improve on the leadership and the body, body language stuff. Uh, if this team wants to have some success when it comes to postseason conference USA hoops uh, in the tournament. And, I, yeah, I just, I mean... He was someone who UTEP really relied on to be the guy, one of the alphas on this team. And I think when you don't have him stepping up the way that they needed it, it, it just really hurts them in games like today even. I mean, today, uh, Zid Powell just – he sometimes – I don't even know how to describe it, guys. Does he disappear? Does he like – it just kind of in stretches? He, he really frustrates you. He turns the ball over at times. 26 minutes today, 10 points, 2 of 6 from the floor, got to the free throw line which is his his bread and butter i mean he can draw contacts uh, contact pretty well he had a monstrous block that looked uh, great it was a highlight reel type of block three steals as well uh but yeah just not the zid pal performance that utep is really relying on here moving forward so um yeah i, I think that we, we kind of covered it there we, we kind of understand all right let's talk about this one in or out, UTEP basketball recruiting philosophy. In or out. And I'm when I preface this, let me preface this with this, okay? UTEP has gone with a couple transfer portal guys. They've gotten a couple JUCO guys. They retained some guys like Tay Hardy, Calvin Solomon, Jonathan Dos Anjos, you name it. Derek Hamilton, you name it. And then they've gotten high school players, which is something that UTEP hasn't done in a while. Uh, in or out, UTEP recruiting philosophy. Sal, go ahead. You start us off. Uh, you know what? I'll say out, and the main reason why is because I feel like the philosophy changes um, often, and it's hard to develop an identity of players that you want to come to UTEP. I think the primary thing um, is going to be defense, or that's what it was the first couple of years, and then they switched it over to three-point shooting, but it, it just hasn't transitioned or, or hasn't translated to um, to that request, right? You know, you, you go three-point shooting heavy in the uh, in the offseason as far as recruiting goes, and you land some shooters, I guess, you know, based off of film and numbers, but it just hasn't panned out that way. But in addition to you not not hitting your shots you're defending you know the worst you have in about three years okay good good stuff there good stuff uh, our telephone number 915-505-6009 uh zay you go ahead in or out yeah um high school recruiting definitely in we saw david terrell and trey horton go 
crazy today, right? They, they basically carried the offense at times. But I am definitely out on the way that they've been recruiting the transfer portal. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you guys this question, right? You know, how many players have you, has UTEP lost to the Power Five while Joe Golding has been here, right? It's been Sule Boom, Zarek Onyama, Titus Verhoeven. And how many Power Five or former Power Five players are on this roster right now? Zero. Zero. Man, I just don't. Statement. I don't feel like they're utilizing the transfer portal correctly, and you need to get winners, and you need to get guys who have played at the biggest stage when you have that opportunity to do so. You know, you look at Louisiana Tech; uh, they have that Daniel Bacho right from Texas Tech. He's tearing it up. He's tearing it up. So I would really like to see them, you know, mix in more Power Five guys, more guys who have been productive at the Division One level. Yeah, I'd actually even go as far to say uh, that the JUCO rate is kind of like fifty-fifty. They'll get one guy who kind of pans out, the other guy who's like, oh, you know, they didn't really need that. They needed maybe a better version of what that was. So JUCO is kind of fifty-fifty. Feels like it. They are hitting. On high school guys, like the for the true freshman guys, it feels like they really have something with David Terrell. They've yeah. got somebody, KJ Thomas, who's coming in next year. That's a younger uh, true freshman who's coming from Amarillo uh, as well. So I like the idea of developing high school guys, Sal. And you know what? To that point, Adrian, I think they had somebody, but he's not there no more. Jamal Sumlin. There you go. That's I think another that one. was another one who, who could have been Kent a Kent State. State. I, I, I think he could have been uh, could have been incredible, but yes, um, man. That's an ultimate what could have been. Kent State. Remember the name, Jamal Sol- uh, Sumlin. I, I see your uh, your Hamilton to raise you a Jamal Sumlin. <laughs> Man, Jamal Sumlin. What could have been, right? Uh, that's a great one. Now Zay's going to tweet stuff about Jamal Sumlin. I'm all so week. sorry. Man. I already have. When he when he committed, I, I was I was yeah. <laughs> all right, Alberto, where are you at? In or out? I'm in, but uh, I think that you know a lot of people are quick to to call out their their faults with uh, Zid Powell and, and Baylor Hebb, and I think that that's partially the players' fault. You know, they bring them in uh, and in, in the transfer portal, and, and these guys are supposed to be X, Y, and Z, and they're not they're not living up to those expectations. And you know, that's not particularly the coach's fault, in my opinion. Sure, sure, good stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with where you're going with that. Uh, let's let's go a couple other ones, pretty quick on this one. Let's go a little rapid fire, guys, uh, on some of these other. Uh, in or out um, let's go in or out uh, who have we not touched oh let's do this one in or out Corey Camper Jr. Uh, let's go with you Zay in okay Sal in or out uh, I'm in on Camper the uh, the energy that he brings when he comes in off the bench is uh, is much needed yeah and I think he's a really high level defender too uh, we'll, we'll go with you Alberto real quick in or out in Okay, good stuff. Uh, yeah, Corey Camper Jr., I think he's provided a little bit. He's kind of come into his own a little bit more. I want him to make more shots. That's that's my only thing that I would want from Corey Camper Jr. moving forward. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you guys pretty much hit it on the head. He's He's been pretty valuable out, out of the past couple of weeks, and I think he's been a high-level, high-intensity defender as of late as well. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, and, hey, I appreciate the good in or out conversation, guys. Good stuff. Actually, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. We've got our hot hand of the game, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, and our player of the game, brought to you by Timothy Cantrell, coming up next here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Guys, the the uh, the Miners, the Rams are going to beat the 49ers here. I am so happy. The Rams never beat the 49ers. This is great stuff. Let's go back to the phones right now. 915-505-6009 if you'd like to weigh in on the show. George is next up on the phone lines. George, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Adrian? I'm I'm uh I I think I'm out on on a lot of the majority of the players that you you did mention. And one of the things I'm more disappointed in is the lack of effort by by a lot of them. I see Tay Hardy playing at a at a better level. He had 17 points against NMSU. He had he had his points today too. But I also see um, not utilizing Elijah Jones and and giving him a little more minutes than what than what they they they're giving him. This kid has the potential to be better, but he is not given the the opportunity. I think uh, Baylor head has not shown, and and if I were if I were Golding, I I think I would go with Jones over head any day, or even Kemper or or Terrell Jr. Anyone other than him, he just does not show that he needs to be in there. Uh, I just uh, one of the things that that stands out to me that one of the previous callers did mention is that SoCal Challenge. This team changed. I have seen a very lackluster uh, or lack of there uh, with this team. I don't see the the, uh, emphatic uh, play by them. Uh, Their defense used to be a a little more pick-me-up. I don't see that. I I went to the NMSU game, and I was very, very disappointed because NMSU with a a first-year coach, Beating us at home, it, it just shouldn't have happened. You know, this team uh, at the start of the year played with a lot of uh, a lot of enthusiasm. I don't see that now. I see uh, them playing Chicago State, and and actually, like a lot of callers have said, blowing them out, and they they haven't. I have not seen this team play to the potential that they can. You know, Solomon and and Powell. Have checked out. I don't know what the deal is with them. They think that because they got the NIL, that they're the the big men on campus and and they don't have to play at, at their potential. I just don't see them as a senior leadership in this squad. I just uh, I see other other players stepping up, and I see some that that are just checked out. Fair enough. I, hey, really good point there, uh, George, and it's great to hear from you, man. Uh, great to ca- have you back here on the show with us, so I appreciate the phone call in a big way. Hey, to your point, you brought up the SoCal Challenge, George. To your point about that, Miners are 4-6 and six since the SoCal Challenge, After ever since uh, that one. They split the SoCal Challenge, by the way, so if you really want to boil it down, when they went to California, they've been 5-7. Uh, and seven. Uh, That's their mark up until this point. So there you go. That's how they pretty much wrap up non-conference play right there. Hey, uh, let's go back to X, formerly known as Twitter, and then we'll get to Johnny, who is next up on the phone lines right now. This one is coming in uh, from uh, th- this first one is coming in from Manny David. Tuning into minor talk late, but you would think they lost to Chicago State by 20. A win is a win. Hopefully this is the start of a winning streak. I think three or four of the next games are winnable. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag go minors. Look, Manny David, we, we understand. Uh, I was, <laughs> I've been out, Manny David, so I wanted to kind of recap on some of the games that I've missed. So I hear what you're, what you're saying. We're not trying to go doom and gloom right now, but 
I want to give a little reality check to where UTEP's at here on the season right now. This guy at this minor fan sends us this one. Thank God we won. I'll take it, uh, and I'll take what we can get. Honestly, I don't see many wins this year. For the love of God, they need to sit Heb. King Eric chimes in. Getting the win is great and all, but the fact that they were down as much as five or six to a bad Chicago State team is concerning, especially with conference play about to start. I do think now that Horton and Terrell should be the sixth and seventh guys. This is from Esteban. I said it before, and I'll say it again. NIL dollars leads to complacency at 600 ESPN El Paso. What do you guys think about that thought right there? Sal, you go ahead. What do you think about that one? I think it could, but at the same time, if uh, if you're trying to get up to that next level, um, it's something that isn't going to factor in. I'll, I'll say this. I think it weeds out those who aren't serious. There you go. You know, if anything, you could, you could be grateful for it if you're an NBA scout. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, right. You say, hey, you know what? This guy had a really promising freshman year. Then in his uh, sophomore year, stats declined. He got a bigger NIL deal. Whatever the case is, these are just sure. examples. But I think it, it kind of weeds out those who um, who aren't as serious as the others. So it sucks that you got to pay for it. It's, it's a price to pay, literally. But, um, you know, I guess that's the silver lining for it. And it's if, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a necessity. Well, it's not kind of. It is a necessity. Bottom line, it really is. It, college basketball programs unfortunately it is a necessity here in today's uh day and age of of college basketball uh more coming in adam at adam sf news says i trust joe golding recruiting for him might may not be a slam dunk but i trust his coaching and what he sees good win for utep and joe golding uh this coming in from robert ukiti how about an in or out on these Los Angeles Rams, Adrian? <laughs> I'm in on Puka Nakua breaking that rookie receiving record, my friend. Uh, Sal and I will not be talking to each other after today's show uh, until next week. I already right? deleted your number. Wait, uh, do they play Saturday? I hope they don't play Saturday, right? Um, I guess we don't have um, the wild card dates and times yet. But, no. uh, I, yeah, we do not have these. Sal, there are two Saturday games. I swear. If this is the Saturday NBC 2.30 game and we've got to talk minor talk afterward, uh, th- it might be actually the best minor talk ever like th- that has ever happened because we'll have Detroit Rams, uh, Lions Rams here, Goff versus Stafford. I, I want all of it. And Sal Staff Montes. God, Goff God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> best quarterbacks in NFL history. I know, right? Uh, one Hall of Famer to another, right? That's right. Oh, man. What would happen there, Sal, if, we, if that ends up happening? Uh, oh, man. Say thank you for forgetting Stafford is Super Bowl, but uh, you guys didn't beat the Seahawks last year like, like you had said you would, so you could give the Lions a playoff one. That'd be nice. Okay. All right. Uh, I got you. Uh, Rams got to hold their end of the, the bargain. Way. That's what I think it is. Okay. It yeah. better not be a 2.30 kickoff. That's all I have to say because Miners play at 4 o'clock at FIU, and we will be doing a combined Miner talk slash Rams-Lions talk uh, after that game. I'll just read stats. I won't even watch the game. I'll just say, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they did good. I don't know. I was watching a football we game. We might not be able to watch it with each other. That's the other thing <laughs> about it. We, we definitely are going to have to be in separate rooms. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. Johnny's been patiently waiting. 915-505-6009. Johnny, good afternoon. What's going on? Good afternoon. And, and the callers today have been excellent. And you guys are doing a, a great job. Just some of my observations want to reiterate. Yeah, something did happen after that California trip. And, and what you really saw it is, the leg that they, the egg that they laid against Loyola Marymount, they just was a team that didn't come out to play, and so that was not the team that beat Cal. That was not the 
team that beat Santa Barbara. Um, it just it was a different team. So, and that to me, and I like Golding, but that's on the coach. You got to get your players up after a disappointing um, loss. But there was certainly a big change on the team and the team dynamic uh, after that. I also want to agree with the folks on Solomon. The guy probably has the highest ceiling out of all of the UTEP players, but the attitude's not there. The um, focus isn't there. The effort's not there. He's just a half-baked player. And if, if, if he was all in, the guy's, the guy's ceiling is ultra high. He's just not all in. And Adrian, you brought out the stats about the turnovers and, and what the um, what the analytics say. He, he's better on the bench than he is on the court unless he's fully bought in and he's had a year and a half to fully buy in and, and he's not. Um, other two questions that I have is the first couple of games, UTEP's leading the country in scoring and Elijah Jones is at the top or near the top of um, the stat sheets, and then he disappears. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get that. Um, and then finally, if you're going to hail Heb and bring Heb in and rah rah, can you have some set plays for him to shoot a three? So there, there's, there's nothing set for him to shoot a three, um, and that really, to me, is the only value that he brings to the team is the ability for the outside shot. But I don't know what his stats for the year are. But maybe he's maybe two for ten somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, but certainly has not been a bona fide um, three-point threat. And so that's just my observations finally on the offense today. They finally started to go inside, drive inside, or pass it inside. But the last couple of games, it's just been passed around the perimeter and then find something to do within the last five seconds. Uh, and that's just not an offensive structure. Um, yeah, I agree with that. To win, but, yeah, but um, still a lot of work on this team. And, and you know, nothing new, but it's, it's leadership. Someone's going to have to step up. Golding, quite frankly, is going to have to do a better job of motivating the, the players. And then if you're not going to be all in, your behind is going to be on the bench. And I think that, quite frankly, is what's happening to Solomon right now. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And great stuff there, Johnny. To your point about Baylor Hebb, he's one of eight this season on three-point attempts. One of eight, okay? Uh, against um, And then he's on two-point shots. He's three of eight. So he's made just a, a pair of those more than he's actually hit the three-point shot uh, you know, on the season right now. So that's kind of where they're at right here. Hey, uh, let's keep things going. 915-505-6009. Uh, actually, we're, gonna, we're kind of winding down here on the show let's do this let's uh let's talk about our two awards here on the program i'm gonna let i'm gonna let our brain trust give it to us guys uh here on the show so sal you'll do one maybe sal and alberto you guys will will power through the the hot hand of the game and then zay i'm gonna swing it over to you uh for our uh play you know for our uh hot hand of the game what did i say sal did i say you hot hand of the game player of the game zay uh, yeah we'll, we'll get do hot hand yeah okay yeah I, I don't even know what i'm saying over here i'm trying to watch this rams game uh <laughs> admittedly so zay let's start off with you let's go with your first one uh you give it to us uh player of the game tonight presented by T- uh, timothy cantrell yeah yeah this this one's tough this one's tough because i mean you you got really good guard play from from guys like Jay Hardy, Corey Camper, Trey Horton and uh David Terrell but you know for me player of the game you know I I think even player of the season so he's he's always giving it his all is Tay Hardy the the 6 year senior he goes for 13 points 4 9 shooting 3 of 3 from uh 3 point range uh 2 for 2 for free throws and uh he also added in a couple of assists and a couple of steals so just an all-around great game from Tay Hardy Tay Hardy our player of the game brought to you by Timothy Cantrell if you're looking to buy or sell your home here in El Paso well you can meet Timothy Cantrell your trusted real estate agent with over 20 years of experience 
experience with his vast knowledge, unwavering dedication, valuable resources. Timothy's here to make your real estate dreams come true. Timothy Cantrell, selling the dream one property at a time. Check him out online on Instagram or Facebook at Timothy Cantrell Realty or reach him at 915-204-8441 today to buy or sell your home with Timothy Cantrell. Sal Alberto, you give us our hot hand of the game presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Yeah, the hot hand of the game uh, presented by Wind Supply El Paso. We uh, we were deliberating back here and we ran through um, uh, AI generated scenario I like uh, it. maker, but um, it all came back the same. And uh, without further ado, Alberto, who do we have for the uh, Wind Supply hot hand of the game? We picked uh, Trey Horton. Nice. I like it. A good 11-point performance by Trey Horton. First double-figure performance from him. First extended minutes for Trey Horton. Uh, deservedly so on this one. Hot hand performance. Did it all in the first half. I loved what he gave to his team. Without 11, his 11 points, UTEP loses this game, right? I mean, he yeah. actually was a significant contributor to this one. Sal, it's cool to see Trey Horton play in this game. Yeah, it really is because we've seen uh, throughout the, the bad stretch how – they they tried heat check plays and it just wasn't working. And in a game where the other teams are, are daring you to shoot, you know, night in, night out, um, he was able to to kind of you know answer uh, you know answer the bill, so to speak. So uh, I definitely got to go Trey Horton. We talked about how three point shooting is what they got to improve on, and uh, he did incredible today. Hey, big shout out to the great team at Wind Supply El Paso, Rene Tires, uh, all the great team at Wind Supply El Paso. In fact, rely on their fifty years of service. You could choose a trustworthy HVAC system. Supplier in El Paso, like Wind Supply El Paso. When it comes to choosing their HVAC system supplier, the choice is simple. Wind Supply has been uh, providing high quality furnace and air conditioning parts to contractors since 1956. Get started today by visit the Find a Dealer tab online at windsupplyelpaso.com. That's windsupplyelpaso.com. Guys, as we turn the page, look over to next week. It is FIU. It's a four o'clock tip off local time. Florida international on the season uh, again miners resuming their uh, full stretch of conference play no other uh, non-conference games here ahead of them they're five and 11 a really bad season right now under head coach jeremy ballard and he's been with this program since 2019 hasn't had too much success with florida international but this is a historically bad program and you know you look at all athletics it's not great at all uh, but florida international is the team that is on the docket coming up on saturday I expect UTEP to win. I mean, UTEP's got to beat them in this game. They've got the Aggies and the Miners this week. I'm talking about the Panthers. Miners have to get this win coming up on Saturday to show that they can get their first road win of the season. So get that monkey off their back. Get this win on the road. Beat a bad team like Florida International, who's 5-11 on the season. Let's see what the Miners can do. So until then, we'll talk to you on Sports Talk tomorrow. And, of course, uh, we'll be back here on Saturday for another edition of Miner Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. For Zegalindo, for Alberto Reta, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis, winding it up here and saying so long. Thanks for listening to Miner Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.